Welcome to Global Street, the digital securities investment podcast. This show offers an intellectual discussion on digital securities and fundamental analysis. To learn more, visit blackfox.network. Black Fox Network is a community about investment in digital securities. This podcast is for information purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. It does not constitute either explicitly or implicitly any provision of services or products by Black Fox Network. All statements made regarding companies or securities are strictly beliefs and points of view held by Black Fox Network or a podcast guest and are not endorsements or recommendations by Black Fox Network to buy, sell, or hold any security. Associates of Black Fox Network may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Hi to all the members of uh, Black Fox uh, Network. I'm here with uh, Chris and um, from a GTG advocate in Malta. Um, I know that a lot of you have uh, had many questions uh, uh, related to uh, um, security token offerings in um, in Malta. Um, so we're here with uh, Chris to to uh, answer that question. So uh, welcome, Chris. Thank you. Um, maybe we can start by the, um, you can tell us a bit of uh, what has been the involvement of GTG uh, advocates in Malta, um, and um, we can take it from there. Yeah, so GTG Advocates is a law firm based in Malta's capital city, Valletta. We've been established for over 20 years as a firm, and the individual partners have been working for much longer than that. Um, we were very much involved in the drafting of the infamous, I would say, um, DLT laws that have been drafted here in Malta. Three sets of legislation, primarily the most prominent is the Virtual Financial Assets Act, which relates to the regulation of cryptocurrencies in Malta, the creation of a new authority known as the Malta Digital Innovation Authority, and the introduction of the certification of innovative technology arrangements, which is the third law that we have enacted. Our involvement was primarily because one of the partners of our firm was one of the co-drafters of the law, and we have also assisted the authority in the drafting of the rules um, which are accompanying these laws. So what Malta has done is create a new specific set of regulations to provide a legal framework where, the, where cryptocurrencies and activities in relation to cryptocurrencies can truly thrive. So we have created a legal basis uh, offering a level of understanding of what, under what legal framework cryptocurrencies should fall. And we call, them, we call this test the financial instrument test and it helps determine whether each particular DLT asset is a virtual token, a financial instrument, which is typically the same, uh, which is the same definition as we find under MIFID, electronic money, again, being the same definition under the, e the EU's e-money directive, and then, by exclusion, what we consider to be a virtual financial asset. So we have created this set of laws to, to provide further legal clarity, particularly when we're talking about activities that have to do with virtual financial assets and the issue of virtual financial assets. Perfect, um, very clear. So um, now a, a lot of the um, uh, involvement, of course, in, uh, in, in our community, in, in, uh, in uh, 
black folks is a lot uh, about uh, at this moment about uh, raising capital for or raising um, capital uh, for equity. Uh, so tokenizing equity in the on the on the blockchain. Um, maybe you can tell us a bit about that, and then uh, for these companies that are, are thinking on um, uh, doing a security token offering in uh, in. And, and looking for different uh, locations within uh, Europe, why should they consider uh, Malta? Okay, so Malta has not created a specific set of legislation, particularly for security token offerings. Reason being that we consider security tokens to fall under the ambit of financial instruments, under the financial instrument desk that I've mentioned, and this is completely regulated under MIFID. So we have to abide by all the requirements that the method directives and the regulation provide because we are an EU member state. And when we're talking about a security token offering, we therefore need to also refer to the prospectus directive. In this case, anyone who wishes to issue a security token that is considered to be a financial instrument under MIFID would then need to see if they are doing an offer to the public. When someone is doing an offer to the public, as defined under the prospectus directive, in that case, a prospectus would need to be drafted in line with the prospectus directive itself, and this would need to be approved by the local authority, in Malta being the MFSA, and more specifically, the listing authority. Got it, clear. So then, um, um, then in, in Malta, it's basically uh, security token offerings are uh, following the existing securities law. Yes. Right? Purpose. To so, a certain extent, we, we cannot do otherwise either. Exactly. And um, if I understood well, then, uh, then uh, companies that want to, well, what, uh, to raise uh, uh, with a security token offering would have to, uh, of course, comply with uh, that existing security law and uh, would have to create, if it's public, a perspective. And uh, in the cases that uh, they do um, private rounds, do they have also to go through a perspective or, or to create it? No, in that case, we would be talking about the private placement. So in that case, what is usually done is that the issuer would prepare an offering document, which would include all the necessary information that would you know, entice investors to invest in that particular project, and also setting out the different terms you know, and the functions of the particular token to, to encourage investors to invest. So we would make sure that the offering document you know, has all the necessary terms, that would generally be included in, uh, in this type of offering document, but it would not need to be approved by the local authority. Perfect. And is there any um, cap or, or a, a maximum amount uh, that they could uh, raise without uh, having to, uh, if, if it's um, private, without having to um, comply or not comply, but uh, actually uh, send all the documentation to the, the financial local authorities? Generally, this is classified under the definition of what is an offer to the public or not. So the definition, for example, requires that if um, the investors invest at least 100,000 euros, because in this case, we obviously always have to refer to fiat currencies. But yeah. if the investors are investing at least 100,000 euros, then in that case, this would not be an offer to the public. Similarly, if the offer is, for example, made to only professional investors um, or the, uh, the offer is being made to less than 150 persons per member state, then this would also not be deemed to be an offer to the public. 
Another cap would be, for example, if you do not exceed 75 million euros over the period of 12, 12 months. Perfect. And, and now that you mentioned uh, the professional investors, uh, would they have different uh, in different jurisdictions? There are different um, definitions for uh, for that. What, what's the definition of a, of a professional investor in, in Malta? Generally, the professional investor is someone who invests a minimum of one hundred thousand per investment. So, the yep. definition of an offer to the public. Uh, um, already so it's sort of geared towards the reference to, to professional investors because if there is a minimum consideration of 100,000, then that pretty much puts you also under the, the capping of a professional investor as well. Perfect. So then if they would like to go through um, a, a private uh, um, uh, round, uh, they have to um, basically uh, target um, professional investors that would invest a minimum of 100,000. Not necessarily, though. So to be an offer to the public, for example, if you have an offer that is made to less than 150 people in each state, then in that case, they do not need to be professional investors. Yeah, perfect. In that case, it would be public. No, in that case, it can still be considered to be a private placement. Oh, interesting. So if, oh. so if the offer has been done has been made to, to less than 150 persons per state, it can still be qualified as a private placement, even though they are retail investors. Ah, okay, I understood that. Perfect, and maybe the, the last thing also to, to, uh, also to discuss you in, in between, you mentioned the part of uh, that it would be considered a private uh, placement. That in, in some countries is uh, uh, regulated. I don't know how does that go in the, in, in the Maltese uh, jurisdiction? If the private placement is also regulated or could be done by advisors or? In our case, the, the concept of a private placement is not specifically regulated under our company laws, our investment services laws and the listing rules that traditionally apply to public offerings. So as I mentioned in this case, one would need to prepare an offering document and this would obviously need to include all the necessary information, term sheet, etc., terms and conditions that investors would need to abide by um, when investing in this type of investment. Perfect. Um, well, that, that was very clear. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that we haven't um, um, talked about that you would like to, to mention. Generally, the one thing I can mention is that uh, something that often attracts a lot of companies to Malta is the beneficial tax refund mechanism that Malta has, um, which basically allows persons who ultimate beneficial owners who are not tax resident in Malta to pay effective rate of tax on profits of 5%. That has been going on for, for quite a number of years now, and it has proven very successful. A lot of people have benefited from it. But I wouldn't say that Malta is just about the tax benefit. So I think as a country over the last decades, we have established ourselves as a true financial center and we can provide an, a vast range of services that, that can cater for all types of, of operations. Perfect, very clear. Um, well, I think like for, I'd like to Thank you and uh, introduce you to the, the other members of the, uh, the network. Of course, we're happy to have a TTD advocates as part of the, the network. And um, for everybody that is uh, listening to, 
to this uh, within the, the other members. Please, uh, uh, if you're considering uh, Malta, or if you haven't considered it yet, uh, and you you might want to add it to the list, uh, please contact directly. Uh, Kiris will, uh, or you can contact us uh, directly, uh, me at ryan at blackhawks.network, um, and I'll just put you in, in contact uh, with uh, with them. And of course, it has to be a, a serious. Uh, if you if you have a serious, uh, uh, not just an idea, but a serious uh, business case. Um, Having said that, uh, uh, thank you very much, Curious, uh, and uh, and um, uh, and then we leave it uh, until here. If you, as I said, if there's any other questions, 